Hello everyone, I'm Jonathan Little. I'm here today with episode 215 of Weekly Poker Hand. I want to thank you for being here with me today. If you have not already, make sure you go to my site, jonathanlittlepoker.com. There, I post this podcast along with the video if you are only listening on audio. And I also post a weekly educational blog, usually an article or a training video or video blog of my travels where I aim to just make you a little bit better at poker every single week. So go there, check it out. I also have my books there, my training videos, and my email list. If you want to stay up to date on everything I have going on, definitely go there and check it out. I recently ran a giveaway, by the way, where I gave away a $2,000 package, including a buy-in to a $1,100 tournament. So if you want to have access to that, make sure you sign up to the email list on jonathanlittlepoker.com. So today, we have another hand from the $10,000 buy-in final table that I recently made. And they fold around to Papazian in the small blind with about 50 big blinds. He has about 12 million chips playing 125,000, 250,000 with a 250,000 big blind ante. Um, we did just lose the short stack. So now the short stack at the table has 20 big blinds. So uh, no one's super short. So it's going to kind of revert to regular, somewhat cautious poker. And he limps with king seven of clubs. Now, a lot of people think, oh, you should always raise preflop because you need to be aggressive. But that is absolutely not true from the small blind. Think about this, right? Let's say he decided to min-raise. Let's say he made it 500000 to go. You always want to ask, what am I presenting my opponent? What is the offering I'm giving them? In that spot, I would have to put in 250000 more to win a 1.25 million pot. 250k divided by 1.25 million is uh, 20%. So will I realize 20% equity in position with any two cards? And the answer is clearly yes. So min-raising from the small blind is essentially always wrong because if the big blind is anywhere near competent, they know to never fold. So if I'm not going to make a mistake pre-flop, am I going to make a lot of mistakes post-flop? Probably not, especially given I'm in position. So you definitely don't want to min-raise. What if you make it three big blinds? Well, now I have to put in 500k to win a 1.75 million pot, which means I think I need to realize 28% equity or something like that. Again, is it that hard to realize 28% equity from in position? Clearly it's not. So making it three big blinds is not particularly great. What if you make it four big blinds? Now I have to put in um, 750k to win a 2.25 million pot. So that means I need to realize 33% equity. Even then, I'm probably going to realize 30% equity, 33% equity with a really wide range because I'm in position. So you don't really want to raise. What you want to do from out of position is keep the pot small and manageable. Also, if you raise, I get to re-raise and then you have to fold sometimes and then you just straight up lose. So raising from the small blind against reasonable and good players is a particularly bad strategy. And I would like to think I'm somewhere in the reasonable or good category. So anyway, he lumps. And I think that's good. By far the best play. Um, now I get ace nine offsuit in the big blind. And this seems like a hand that's definitely good enough to value raise. So I make it 600k more. And now, so when I make it 600k more, it's 8.5 million. I made it 3.5 big blinds or so. And if he folds, that's fine. And if he does call, it's also not the end of the world. Just because now I've made the pot bigger from in position where I'm going to realize a lot of equity. I have a good hand. And, um, you know, I'm just pushing equity a bit. So I definitely think this is a fine play. And he does decide to call as he should. Because again, he doesn't need to realize a ton of equity. Flop comes. Jack, eight, four. 
with two spades, one club. I have ace of clubs, nine of spades, so I have a nine of spades. He has king of clubs, seven of clubs. And in this spot, I think I can go either way. The board is somewhat draw heavy, so I guess I don't actually mind checking some portion of my range. The hands I want to bet are definitely going to be my best made hands in my draws, and the hands that don't mind protection. So this hand may fall in the protection category, and it also kind of falls into the draw category. There are definitely better draws to bet. Like, say I had um, a hand like Queen-9. That would definitely be a better hand to bet because it's a gut shot straight draw. But I think this hand with its backdoor equity and overcard is probably fine to bet. Pot's 1.9 million. I could probably go... I don't know. It depends on how I'm tailoring my range. As you have more bluffs in your range, you want to bet bigger. And if I'm betting this hand, I probably want to go ahead and bet bigger. So I'm not really sure I like my bet. Um, and the reason I say that is because if I'm betting ace-9, that means I'm betting like all of my other draws, and there's already a lot of draws available. So I think I should probably bet bigger in this spot. More like if the pot was 1.9, I should probably bet closer to like 1.5. But I do 700k, and now with his king-7 of clubs, should he call, he has a backdoor flush draw, a backdoor straight draw, and he has an overcard. And I think he should. This may be an okay hand to raise, but because we're at a final table where you really don't want to be the next person out, that makes you less inclined to make raises. Um, I mean, his draw is pretty junky, right? I mean, King High doesn't have a ton of showdown value. He's going to have a hard time getting to the river. And um, usually he's going to need to bluff it on the river even if he does get there. So I think this may be a fine hand to raise. Clearly, Call is also fine just because of pot odds. A lot of people think that, you know, only King High, what are you going to do? You should just fold. But here he has a lot of equity. Um, if you're watching the video, you can see he actually has 24% equity. And he's going to have 24% equity against most hands. And um, given the pot odds, he has to put in 7 to win a pot that's going to be 32. And um, clearly if the pot's bigger than 2.8 million, once he calls, then he should continue. So he's getting the right price to continue. So he shouldn't fold. If he did fold, this would be a very easy way for me to manufacture equity. Just raise and continuation bet small. But Papa Zeon's a good player. So he is not going to fold. Turns a six of diamonds, which now does not help me. He checks, and I decide to check behind. At this point, I need to continue bluffing with my draws that have equity, and I need to keep value betting with my best hands. So does this draw have a lot of equity, and can it not win at showdown? This hand can win a bit at showdown, and it lost pretty much all of its equity because it went from having lots of backdoor draws, backdoor flush draw, backdoor straight draw, to now having no backdoor draws. So this in particular is a hand that I do not think I need to keep bluffing with. And if I did bluff here again, I'm almost certainly bluffing with too many hands. So we also want to ask ourselves, what else would I be checking? Say I had queen 10 or queen 9, would I check those? It's probably close. If I had a bad flush draw, like, you know, any, any unpaired flush draw, that's not ace high, I would definitely keep betting those. I would definitely keep betting if I had a jack. If I had an overpair, I'd keep betting. If I had a set, I'd keep betting. If I had um, ace eight, would I keep betting? It's a little dicey. You really don't want to get raised off ace eight, so I'd probably check that one. Um, what this amounts to is I'm not really betting this turn a lot. So if you're not betting the turn a lot, you have to be very careful that you do not bet with too many bluffs because then your opponent can just very easily call down with like any pair, and you don't want to make it to where you're really easy to call down with any pair, especially if you know you do want to be bluffing sometimes. 
So I think I'm gonna be checking this turn quite a bit. So it does go check check, which I think is nice. River is a 10. And Papazion decides to bet 1.8 million into the 3.5 million pot with his king seven of clubs for a busted backdoor draw. And now what do we do with the ace nine? Well, can we call? That's always the first question. Are we going to win 20 or 30? How much do we have to win? We have to win about 25% of the time. Probably not. The thing is, is there are a lot of busted draws available, right? He could very easily have a busted flush draw. But if you look at all the other busted draws, there really aren't a ton of them. Because when the 10 comes on the river, now 10-9 got there. Oops. We're in real time here. Someone's calling me. 10-9's um, available. That just made a pair. He could just have a jack. He could have a hand like queen-9. He could have a hand like 9-7. He could have um, queen-10. He could have 10-7. As you see, there are a lot of hands that were draws going to the turn that improved to a medium pair on the river. So would he value bet those on the river? Maybe? I don't know. It's tough to say. Um, so, what, so what should we do here? I think we should either fold or raise. Do we have a good hand to raise? Well, first thing you want to ask is, do I want to have a raising range on the river? And the answer is definitely yes. Because I think I could have queen nine here. I would also not mind value raising with jack 10 or pocket 10s. Those are very, very nice hands to put in the value raise with that I'd probably check behind on the turn. So we have, well, 16 combinations of queen nine if I raise all of them preflop, which maybe I do, maybe I don't. Same thing with jack 10, maybe I raise, maybe I don't. There are 12 of those available and there's three pocket 10s, which I would definitely raise. So we have some raises available or some, some premium raising hands available. And because of that, we need to raise with some bluffs. What are the best hands to bluff? The best hands to bluff are ones containing a nine because that makes it harder for him to have nine seven or queen nine for the straight. Do I have a nine in my hand? How about that? I do. Um, I would prefer to not have a spade in my hand because that makes it less likely for him to have a spade draw that missed, which is clearly a hand that you don't mind folding. Knows a lot of the spades would have a pair at this point, but it is what it is. So I'm going to go ahead and raise. It's also nice to have the ace in my hand because that blocks ace-jack, which is one of his clear um, value bet combinations on the river. So I think this is good. Uh, so he bet 1.8 million. I'm probably going to make it about, I don't know, 8 million. Seems, seems nice. You want to apply a lot of pressure because you're trying to make the hands like, oh, I don't like this size. You're trying to make hands like a t jack or a 10 fold. So I, I make, he made it 1.8. I'm raised it to only five. <sighs> so in my mind, what I probably was thinking here is that I have almost no bluffs. Okay. If I have almost no bluffs, I should be raising small with my whole range. When you are doing that, you have to understand that, is that actually accurate? If I'm sitting here with a nine or a seven that doesn't have a pair between me and you, I'm going to be raising almost every time. So if I have a nine or a seven in my hand that doesn't have a pair I'm raising, that would be ace nine, ace seven, king nine. Right there, we have a lot of combinations of hands, right? So that's a lot of bluffs. So if I have that many bluffs, I need to go bigger. But just because I know what I'm doing doesn't necessarily mean that Papa Zeon knows what I'm doing. So 
Perhaps this was a little bit of a leveling thing where he would think, I was thinking that maybe he would think that I'm only going to raise small with my very good hands. And if that's the case, then I can certainly justify raising smaller. Um, clearly raising smaller is nice if he's going to fold stuff like a jack or a 10 to it. Because then you just lose less when you get called or when you get jammed on. Because, of course, notice, Papa Zeon could just have the nuts. I'm not saying that he couldn't. A lot of people think, oh, but couldn't he have the nuts? Of course he could. Sometimes he's going to have the nuts. But he's also going to have some bluffs, and he's going to have some marginal made hands. I understand this time he had king high, so it's really difficult to say if he would have actually called this if he had a jack. This video would be way better if he was sitting here with queen jack, or he's probably going to call queen jack, actually. If he had some, like, random jack five suited and decided to fold it, that would make this video way better. But he had king high. Turns out I was raising with the best hand. So I certainly don't look like a hero here, but I definitely do like this play because I have the nine and if I played this hand today, I would do, I would play it very, very similarly. Although I think I would use slightly bigger bet sizes on both the, the flop and the river. So that's what we get for this episode of Weekly Poker Hand. I want to thank you all for being here with me today. Again, check out my site, jonathanlittlepoker.com. Follow me on Twitter. Let me know what you think about it. And be sure to come back next week for another fun poker hand.